0: Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody happy? I am happy. And just getting happier. God's doing... So much good stuff in our midst. Wasn't worship amazing tonight? The presence of God never gets old. Because I know I know what happens in his presence. When he he comes, he brings the kingdom with him. And in the kingdom, multiplication happens, increase happens, healing happens, restoration happens, freedom happens. I feel freedom in the house tonight. I feel like God's releasing some freedom. I feel like chains are breaking in the atmosphere of his goodness tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Oh, so good. His goodness has no ends. Thank you, God. What's available in his presence For us tonight, I shared it last last week, but just uh, was in uh, the young adults ministry and and just so undone. I've been undone for a week and a half now. Just on this, the testimony the young adults were sharing, and the young lady who got up and said she recently got doctor verification that she'd been healed of Lyme's disease, which is an incurable condition, by the way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Come on. He's the God that destroys cancer because He's good. Thank you, Jesus. He's the God that, that sends people doing a laps around the church two weeks ago with, with metal in their knee, came in with crutches, leave their crutches behind because God just completely healed them. Thank you, Jesus. This is, this is the God that we serve, and this is the God who is showing up week in and week out. <laughs> the miracle grace and love, somebody say love, because it starts in love and it ends in love, but the miracle love of God is here right now. I could feel it. I was just talking to a young man out, out front before church that, that he, he, had, he had this... Uh, heart arrhythmia. He was attacked with this thing. They didn't know exactly what was going on. They thought at first he might have had a heart attack, a mild heart attack. His heart was all out of whack. They put him on seven different medications. Uh, They they attached a monitor to his heart. This is how worried they were about him. They attached a monitor to his heart. He comes to to church last week. gets prayer. Power of God hits him. The monitor actually falls off his chest. (laughs) And instantly, right, his heart goes from completely out of whack. Like, he'd been, in a week, he'd been in and out of the hospital, I think, three times. His heart goes perfectly back to normal. In fact, just slightly below what's called normal. Like, just so God makes sure we notice. <laughs> and I just was talking about front. He's like, uh, he's completely healed. His, his digestion has changed. His, his eating, like, his, God just reworked his whole body. If God can do that, what what can he do tonight? I just, even just talking about it, that's why I went to that testimony, I just feel like God is healing heart palpitations tonight in Jesus' name. God's just removing that in Jesus' name, and I just heard the word cartilage, and I just thank you, Father, for the restoration of cartilage in bodies right now whoever whoever that is heart palpitations and restoration of cartilage we just release that over you right now in jesus name in jesus name i uh two weeks ago i said hey if if we we go through the service and you realize god's healed you just just wave at me just interrupt me if you were here like so many people started waving throughout the message i had to cut them off i said all right I revoked I revoke my invitation. Stop waving. I was never going to get through the message. Why? Because God is good. Somebody say God is good. I want to talk about uh, what I feel like is a real key for, for revival. I want to talk about what's a real key for personal breakthrough. Because our assignment really is, is to not do God's job for him, but our job is to host him and to host his presence so that he can be God in our midst. How many people have realized that he's really good at being God? And he needs less help than we think he needs. When he comes, he brings all of his goodness with him, all of his kindness, all of the restoration with him. Our job is to host God. And in a sense, you can say, what we're creating, the reason that we worship and keep on worshiping, the reason we, we surrender and keep on surrendering is because we want to make God comfortable in our midst. <laughs> we are the body of Christ, so we want God to feel at home in our midst. Hey, last week Renee preached and she just rocked it last week. Preached on uh, you are the, the, the you are the sacrifice. And if you didn't, if you weren't here, I really encourage you to go check that out on the podcast. It was amazing. But tonight I want to talk about knowing the pleasure of God. Knowing the pleasure of God. Because, in my estimation, it's one of the biggest things that is misunderstood when it comes to actually. Hosting him, making him feel comfortable, making him feel at home. Because how many people know that that God that, that God's version of kingdom is family? Thank you, my brother Jahi. <laughs> how many people know God is into family? That he is a good father. He's not a good employer. He's a good father. Right? We don't we don't worship, oh boss, I love you so much. No. It's it's father because he's raising up sons and daughters. God God didn't send his son to die for employees. Thank you, Jesus. He sent his son to die to for children, for sons and daughters to be brought back into the kingdom. God is into family. Somebody say family. Family. And and this this understanding God's pleasure is such a key, and I actually think it it recalibrates our heart in the sense of family. And and I shared a a very similar version to this back in the pre-launch. So if you were around back then, some of this is going to sound familiar, but some things are good enough to repeat. But I really, I really talked about it last week, but God's presence is just increasing and increasing. He's, he's just continuing to astound us at how much he's doing. But we always know that we're going from glory to more glory. And I really feel like that this is a key of increase to take us to where we're going. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open to Colossians chapter 1. I camp here a lot, I love it, it's good, there's so much richness, even in this, it's just first chapter, this is the chapter that tells us that it's, it's Christ in you, that's the hope of glory, it's a good chapter, but that's not what we're camping today. Today, we're going to read verses 19 and 20. Colossians 1, verse 19 says this. It says, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, speaking of Jesus, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. One more time. It starts with, For it pleased the Father. How many people think that's a good start? If it starts with, it pleased the Father, how many people want to be involved? Whatever that is, I want to be involved. If it pleases the Father, sign me up. So that's how it starts. It pleases the Father that in him, Jesus, all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile what things? All things. All things to himself, by himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And this, this isn't where we're going, but peace theres it's, it's a unique tense there. It's the only time it's used that. And it really carries this, this connotation that two broken halves are put together and made whole. And he's referring to the blood of his cross made two broken halves whole. What two broken halves and whole back to what? Whole back to the way it was in the garden before sin ever entered the picture. That's the power of the blood. Oh, I'm going to preach myself happy tonight. Thank you, Jesus. But all of that power, all of that goodness, that's the revelation he's releasing. What I did on the cross, restored it back to the way it was in the garden before sin ever entered the picture. Wow. But that statement starts with, for it pleased the Father. Now here's what's interesting is, Several years ago I was reading that, I was just in my time reading the word, and I'm I'm reading that. I read that verse, and God speaks to me, and he says, Do you know for way too long, my bride, whenever they read the word please or pleasure, referring to the father in the word, they internalize it to themselves as a peace. And I said, Oh God, that. Like, if, if we take what you intended for pleasure, but we make it appease, we miss the power in the promise. Yeah. And appease means to pacify or to placate someone by acceding to their demands. An example, amendments have been added to appease local pressure groups. Yeah. Guess what? He is a good father. Not a boss. Come on, is anybody with me? <laughs> he, he is building a family, not a corporation. He's not looking for employees, right? And th- this God that we serve, he is the God of love. Can I get an amen to that? He's the God of joy. Can I get an amen to that? And love and joy are emotions. That we serve a living God... That's just a good time for an amen, right? I'm just gonna let you get in on that one. We serve a living God who has emotions. He's living, he's loving, he's caring, he's kind, he's wonderful, he's just. He's not, he's not placid, he's not grim, he's not lacking of emotion, he's vibrant. He's full of life. He's not just beautiful. He's the creator of beauty. And that's the God that we serve and that we relate to. And that, and that when we read about please or pleasure in the Bible, we're going to read more. We can't internalize it as a peace, Because that means I'm now approaching him like he's my boss. You know... We all have a boss or have had a boss at some time in life. And we also have best friends in life. But if I, in the morning, I think to myself, I say, hmm, what would, what would please my boss today? If I make that statement or if I make the statement, hmm, I wonder what's, what would please my best friend today? Do you realize it's the same language in English, but it means two completely different things? If I say, hmm, what's going to please my boss today? I'm thinking assignments. I'm thinking to-do lists. I'm thinking chores. I'm thinking tasks. Ooh, I'm glad it's making sense to a few people, right? So I want to please my boss, and I, I do my assignment. I do my chore. I do my task. I get it done, and what's the best outcome? He comes by, and he pats me on the shoulder. Well done. Keep it up, and goes on guess what? If we're talking about the kingdom, there's not explosion of life in that. This side of the room is just going to make me work tonight, aren't you? This is all our visitors over here, isn't it? (laughs) Hi. Good to meet you. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Listen, that's, that's not where life flows. Because you get your assignment done at work, your boss is like, that's awesome, I'm going to come over to your house later, we're going to celebrate. <laughs> that's not what happens, right? Because that's a whole different category. But when you're best friend, you're like, oh, what would make my, what would please my best friend today? It's a whole different thought process. You're, you're thinking fellowship, you're thinking time together, you're thinking quality time, you're thinking having fun. <laughs> You're thinking like hugs and laughter, yeah. enjoyment, shared experiences, stuff that we can build history with. Yeah. Oh my goodness, am I preaching to anybody? <laughs> yeah. So when so when God talks about pleasure, he's talking about pleasure. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> In case the ball hasn't dropped yet, what I'm saying is that you have you have this unique privilege, you've been grafted into this unique position, that you actually have the capacity to bring the emotion of pleasure to your heavenly Father. To the point where his heart explodes Oh, look at that Oh, I love you, and you love me, let's hug Oh that's, that's where The explosion of life happens Listen, track With me, that's where Lyme's disease Disappears Come on, that's where Cancer cells disappear That's where People who are on the brink of divorce Just walk in the church and poof, All of that breaks off all the pain, all, all the hurt, all the judgment disappears, and they fall madly in love with each other again from the front doors to the sanctuary. Huh. We're, seeing, we're seeing all that happen. Huh. Why? Because we're going after not what pleases a boss, but what pleases our father. Thank you, Jesus. I went uh, the, I had to go to the DMV uh, <clears throat> <laughs> but this is a good story. <laughs> that's a great setup, actually. I, I had to go to the DMV, and that's all of our, our response to go to the DMV. Oh, oh i got to go to the DMV. Why? Because you expect to be treated like a number. You don't, listen, you're not, you don't expect to be treated as a person. Your interests... <laughs> aren't taken into equation. Like, what makes you happy, right? Like, how's your day going? Like, what do you like? What do you, like, none of that stuff matters. You're a number, and you're a problem, and you're like, how do we fix this? But I went to the DMV, and that wasn't my experience. Uh, uh, Just a week and a half ago, I was was there, and I got my number, you know, ticket and whatever, and there's like hundreds of people waiting, and it's like the... Things on the wall tell you, you know, you got two more hours to wait. You know, like, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But, you know, the numbers tick off. And so I'm waiting. And waiting and, I, and I, my number finally gets called. And it's just like dozens of kiosks, you know, helping. So I go to the kiosk that I'm assigned to. And I sit down. And this young lady, genuinely, with the most friendly expression, she goes, Hey, how are you? How's your day going today? And I was like, <laughs> what just happened to me? And the simple fact that she actually approached me like a person changed everything. And then, like, you know, she was fixing doing the registration thing, and, and she just kept talking to me and asking me about my day, about, like, oh, how long I've been in Austin and where am I from, and, and like, oh, I've been there, and, like, and we just, we're connecting, and we're having, we're having fun at the DMV. <laughs> and she's like a fishing too, so she's doing her thing and getting all done. And she got to the end and, you know, she handed my paperwork and she's like, have a nice day. Now, there was a whole bunch of people in line, so it wouldn't have been appropriate for me to, like, hang out there and take up more time, but I could have. Because this lady was so nice, like, I could have just sat there for 10 more minutes and just talked about life, about, you know, she was asking about our kids and and like what we're doing and you know, the church, and like I could have just sat there for like ten more minutes at least and just talked to her. Why? Because she cared about me like a person. Guess what? What if our what if our goal is to connect with God, in a way that He just wants to hang out extra? <laughs> Listen, there's a point where you press into friendship where He starts asking about your kids. Listen, where, de- where desires start to matter. Listen, this is a key to breakthrough. Can I give you some, some foundation, some background? Look, this is so central to the theme of the kingdom and the gospel. It starts at the beginning. And I mean the beginning. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 1. That's pretty much the beginning. In Genesis 1, and then we're going to jump to Genesis 2, but in Genesis 1, verse 27, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. How many people have ever heard that before? and it's you know it's it's foundational it's it's at the very beginning of the creation story and god gives adam and eve this mandate he gives mankind this mandate to go forth and be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth and it's a mandate it feels like it reads like a mandate it feels like a mandate and we the problem is that we can take that as an assignment like a work assignment that we can move over in here into like, okay, how do I please my boss today? But that's not where the explosion of life happens. And if, if we forget that God is, he's not creating a business, he's creating a family, if we forget that, we'll move over here and be like, okay, how do I accomplish that task, that mandate, that assignment he gave me, what do I got to do today? And then we don't feel like we're succeeding, He's not showing up, bringing the the cheese board, like, hey, let's hang out and celebrate, right? And and then we like start beating ourselves up, like, oh, this is this is this is hard, and we end up pressing in less. And, but if we remember that he's talking about family, so this is the mandate mandate in Genesis one. I want to read a little bit out of G- Genesis two, starting in verse 7 And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Verse 8 The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man whom he had formed. Listen. That God, the creation story, God created the earth, God created a garden called Eden. And in Hebrew, Eden literally means pleasure or delight. Somebody say pleasure. pleasure. So God created a garden. He created mankind. And listen, he put mankind right in the center of his pleasure. Listen, when we get this, when we get what what his What his blood on the cross did, it reconciled us to the garden before it was the way it was before sin entered the picture. When we get it, the pleasure of God is not meant to be somewhere we're working to get to, it's meant to be somewhere we're starting from. Listen, are you in the pleasure of God right now? Because by his estimation, you are. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 9, and out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And it goes on for the next four verses talking about the rivers that split off and and water the land. But in verse 15, it says, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden, pleasure, to tend and to keep it. God took man and put him in the center of his pleasure to tend and to keep it. Do you know what the assignment of man was? Listen, the, the mandate in chapter one, go forth, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth. That's the mandate. But listen, God just gave us the blueprint. The assignment of mankind is to tend and to keep what comes up out of the pleasure of God. I don't know if this side got it. Look, Listen, our assi- it's not to do a task, it's not to do a chore list. Our assignment of mankind is to tend. What's that? To take care of to nurture to protect what comes up out of the pleasure of god yeah. listen if we all could embrace that assignment do you think he would like hanging out with us morning, thank you jesus <laughs> the pleasure of god it's it's from the foundation of the of the story thank you jesus <laughs> That when, we, that when we step into this, we talked about that this is where, when we begin to embrace God in this place as Father, that this is where the explosion of life happens. And Psalms 37, 4, we all know it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What does that mean? The breakthrough... The breakthrough that we're seeking, the breakthrough that we're longing, the breakthrough that we're desiring is not coming just out of doing the chores and the tasks. It's not going to come out of your relationship with the boss. Are you guys? Are you guys? <laughs> it's going to come out of our relationship with a father, a good father. That when we delight ourselves, in the Lord. That's when, when we step into this place of, oh, my job is to tend what comes up in the pleasure. When I wake up in the morning, the question should be, oh, what's going to please my friend today? Why? Because John 15 says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. What's going to please my friend today? And that, then we tend, we nurture that. We protect that. We breathe on that. We pray into that. And out of that, that's where the desires of your heart are realized. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to get myself happy. (laughs) That's where the breakthrough happens. Things that you forgot that you had prayed years ago. That's where the sandcastles The little girl building the sandcastles on the beach, God remembers. But the breakthrough for those things come in when we engage with our good Father in the delight in the Lord. Listen, that word delight there, it literally means to take exquisite delight. And at its, listen, at its root, it means this, to be soft or supple or delicate. Delight yourself in the Lord. At its root, it means to be soft, supple, or delicate. Why? Because those are dynamics of a relationship. A loving relationship. Those those dynamics don't come up when you have a taskmaster. When you're a servant and you have a taskmaster, but I tell you, religion has tried to paint a picture of a grim God. Look, religion has tried to heap on us this this place that that we're trying just to appease Him. That means just to keep keep from being angry. Hmm. Out of the red, but not very far into the black. Just happy enough so he doesn't smite us. <laughs> the servant taskmaster, like God, you're on your side and I'm on my side, and and I'm I'm doing enough to keep you happy, right? You're good, you're good. I'm good, you're good. We're good, right? You you stay over there, I'll stay over here. We're good. Look, that's that's how the church has been walking around for. Hundreds of years. But that's not where the explosion of life happens. <laughs> not you stay there, you say we're good. No, it's that I run to you and I embrace you. I delight in the Lord. To to have this type of embrace, we need to recognize that He's a good father. That He is a father. And then we have to learn to be soft. Huh. The message last week: we are the sacrifice. Stacy in uh, the announcements about surrender. We have to be soft. We have to be supple. It means we have to we have to adjust. We have to be fluid. We have to. We're on a we're on the dance floor with Jesus. We're on the dance floor with Jesus and we're not leading the dance. <laughs> Thank you Jesus. Can I read some more verses to you? I just want to I want to make clear how important this theme is to God all the way through the scriptures. In Matthew, verse 3, 17, it says, And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen, we just read about the creation story. Eden is pleasure, delight. This is now Jesus getting baptized in the Jordan River. The Holy Spirit coming on him in the form of a dove. The father, not the boss, the father's voice comes out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. You know, it would be a whole different story if he said, this is my son in who I'm kind of appeased. <laughs> Aren't you glad that's not what it says? Matthew, also in Matthew 12, 18 Referencing Isaiah, it says, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. Ephesians chapter 1. This is Paul writing to the Ephesians, and Paul is laying foundation in chapter 1 to the to the Ephesians he's laying foundation and this is what he says in the, in the fifth verse God decided in advance this is the new living translation I just love it put just so clear God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family somebody say family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure <laughs> God, God had a plan from the beginning to adopt us to himself, and this plan gave him great ah, pleasure. Remember the beginning, Colossians 1, it pleased him to see what things reconciled? All things, that when something that got out of alignment because sin did come in the picture, When it comes back into alignment, it actually gives God the emotion of pleasure. Listen, that we were created in the image of God. Is that true? And that when we got out of alignment, He wants His kids back. And every time we come back in alignment, whether it's salvation, whether it's healing, whether it's relational restoration, when it comes back into alignment, God is actually experiencing the motion of pleasure. Oh, yes. That's the way I created it to be. <laughs> in, in contrast, I want you to catch this. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 11 says, what are your multiplied sacrifices to me, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle, and I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. Now, there's so much beauty in the Old Testament and that covenant, but that, was, that wasn't his highest relational design for us. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. That, that God was looking for his children back. And it says here, he says, this, this, this placated me. This was a peace. This appeased me for a season, but I didn't find pleasure in it. But that season is closed, and Jesus has come. Restoration has come, and now I have pleasure in seeing you come back into relationship with me. Thank you, Jesus. You know, there's studies that that show that that babies in development, young 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 babies, 18 months and younger, one of the most foundational development uh, points for them as a newborn is the expression, the facial expression of pleasure on their parent's face. Like a baby, a baby doesn't understand a lot, but they understand that. And specifically, there's something significant about the father's face. That a baby gazes at the father. And you know, all the goo-goo-ga, all the faces you make, there's actually a point to it. Because you're communicating, you're imprinting on that child. Then I am well pleased in you. Now listen. (laughs) Listen when 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 Jesus when Jesus looked to the Father, the example of the, the, the fish and the loaves, he looked to heaven, he gave thanks. When he looked to heaven, what do you think he saw? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, that's right. It's my preaching partner right there. <laughs> I love it. In Luke 10 Thank you Jesus. Luke, sorry, Luke 12, first Luke 12:32 it says, "Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom." Listen to that again. It is what your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Luke ten, twenty one. This is this is the story. Jesus sends out the seventy, <clears throat> go into all the world, eat what's set before you, heal the sick. Tell them the kingdom of God has just come near to you. They come back from this experience all excited. They're like, Jesus, even the demons were subject to us in your name. He says, don't get too excited about that. Get excited that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. This is that passage. And then it says, and then the next thing it says, it says, in that hour Jesus rejoiced. And rejoice there literally means he jumped up in the air with twisting and shouting an exuberant great joy. Listen, it literally means Jesus had a Jesus party. <laughs> Listen, this is, this is the God that we serve. He's the God of emotion. When we, when we read that passage through, through religious eyes, They come back, and they're like, even the demons were subject to us in your name. And he's like, don't get too excited about that. Just remember, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then Jesus rejoiced. Thank you, Father. But that's not what happened at all. And literally, he jumped up in the air with twisting and shouting exuberant great joy. Why? Because he's like, My kids are getting it. They're getting it. They're getting it, Father. It's working. It's working. <laughs> In that hour, he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit and said, praise you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. (laughs) Listen, it says that it pleased you. Yes, Father, for this way, was well-pleasing in your sight. What was pleasing? To to remove this from those who thought that they were wise in their own eyes. Wise and prudent. Those who thought they could do it out of their own strength, their own ability. Those who thought that they could earn their way to it. He's like, yep, you're not getting any of this. But who gets this? Those that come to him as a babe. <laughs> Those who gaze upon the Father. (laughs) Can I have the team come? Who gets it? Those who gaze upon the Father to see the pleasure in his face. Do you know that we're called to be imprinted like a child, like a baby? Do you know that that infant that doesn't understand English, doesn't know a lot of things, they're, they're, their communication is limited to the expression on their parents' face. They're like, I don't know a lot, but I know that's good. <laughs> I don't, listen, the baby is like, I don't understand budgets, <laughs> but all is well in the world. This this system, if you will, pleased the Father. It pleased Him to restrain it from those who are wise in their own eyes. And it gives Him pleasure to give it to those who will come like children. They will come like babes. Those who will gaze upon His beauty, not to ask, What's the next assignment? Do I I have more chores to do? Did I check off enough, enough boxes? God, am I appeasing you today? That's not who get the increase. That's not who get the fullness of life. That's not who get the revelation. That's not who get the breakthrough into the desires of your heart. Listen, those who will come as babes. And let God just love on you. I think Jahi said it earlier, we don't have to convince him to come. We don't have to twist his arm. He's a good father. But I tell you what, our job, our job is to host him. And I want to host him well. I want him to, I want him to be so comfortable in our midst. I want him to be so comfortable that he just wants to stay a while. Like forever. That the the train of his robe comes and it keeps on coming. That he fills and keeps on filling. That service is over and he doesn't leave. Like the DMV, she handed my paperwork. I'm like, well, I guess I have to go now. That's a bummer because I'm having so much fun. Whoa. (laughs) What if we can entertain the king like that? <laughs> Thank you Jesus. <laughs> Anybody want an upgrade? Yeah. In in knowing the pleasure of the Father. Yeah. In beholding the beauty in his face. <laughs> Letting it imprint deep in your soul. <laughs> if that's you, I just want to invite you to stand up tonight. Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, the pleasure of God isn't somewhere we're supposed to be fighting to get to. The pleasure of God is meant to be somewhere we're starting from. I want to ask you, are you in the pleasure of God right now? Because his pleasure is here. He's a good father. Listen, he doesn't have to take off his taskmaster hat because he doesn't have one. He's always the good father. It's just a question of are we coming to him as the good father? Are we coming as the children who just get to let him... Gaze upon us. I just want us to let God gaze upon us right now. I'm just going to (laughs) ask, he just comes and imprints. He would come and imprint the joy in his face upon us. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I just want you, just like Jesus, I want you to look up to heaven, and I just want you to let the Father gaze over you right now. I want you to take delight in him and let him take delight in you.